Bonjour, mes amis. Hola, bebés. And welcome back to another episode of Culturally Conscious. My name is Rebecca Lang. And my name is Alondra Avalos. And we are back with another episode today. Thank you so much to everybody that's been listening and supporting. We appreciate you guys so much. Another way to support us is by giving us a follow on Instagram at Culturally Conscious Pod. Or you can also subscribe to our Patreon at patreon.com slash culturally conscious podcast. Um, and if you guys want to support us for free, um, you can always leave us a five-star review on Apple Podcasts or you can leave us five stars on Spotify. Um, we also have our email address. If you guys ever want to give us any feedback or send us a cute little story, our email is culturallyconsciouspod at gmail.com. Yes, we would love to hear from you guys. And I just wanted to say thank you so much to everyone who has been listening so far. And thank you for your feedback. You guys seem to really like our last episode, which is a bit chattier than what we were Mm -hmm. used to. And so we're just here to chat again today. Have a nice time. (laughs) So Alondra, how's your week been? My week has been pretty great. I mean, the usual, you know, working and all that stuff. However, I have been obsessed with the fitness life i'm a gym bro (laughs) you're a gym rat (laughs) yeah no (laughs) i was gonna say your your muscles are bulging out of your shirt over there i didn't know i was going to the gun show (laughs) yeah no i wish are you kidding no but um I'm, i'm scared of the gym actually there's too many there's too much testosterone i'm really scared of the gym I already have too much testosterone in my body with my PCOS. I don't need to add. It's ghetto. I don't need to add more. (laughs) No, it's rough. Yeah, but I mean, I've been like really into. Well, I've been doing like the spin classes for a while now. I think like maybe four months now that I've been going pretty consistently. Um, However, I just started doing Pilates, and holy fuck, this has kicked my ass like I have never felt so sore in my life I could barely walk today (laughs) and (laughs) mind you okay I did one Pilates class last Saturday and that was like the orientation class I am a girly that sweats I am the sweatiest girl that ever existed I breathe and I sweat anything I do so when I was in this orientation class like as I'm like checking in Oh my god, I feel like the instructors like don't need to say this to people because I felt so embarrassed, but Oh no. I was like telling the girl, I was like, I'm really nervous. This is my first Pilates class ever. And she was like, Oh, don't be nervous. This is like the easiest class. It's pretty much just information. We're just teaching you how to use the machine and like very basic moves. Wait, there's you won't even break a sweat. There's a machine? It's the reformer. Pilates re- with the reformer. What is that though? Oh, is that when you're wait, what? What is that? Where you're on the on the like uh, the platform that's kind of swishing back and forth, and it's attached by springs. So every time you move on it, you're like strain. You're like basically pulling your body weight plus the tension, and you're working your core and your legs and whatever with that tension on the reformer. You've never seen that? No, I feel like I've taken a Pilates class, but I feel like it was just kind of more intense yoga at least the classes i've had i've never done anything oh, with the no, machine girl. this thing's crazy over here this is advanced level um well whatever anyway you're doing pilates in the future yeah seriously maybe when you come visit me because the membership that i got i can bring like one guest per month so maybe like when you come visit me or whatever we can go together and you can see what it's all about but bitch fair warning it's very hard <laughs> Well, for me it is because I have no core strength. So anyway, when, you know, orientation, you're, it is the easiest class. Um, you're not going to feel anything. You're not even going to break a sweat. Like th- this is just for you to learn and get the info. She shouldn't have said that to me because my ass was so embarrassed. I was laying, she was like, lay back and this and that. And we're going to do a little core exercise, blah, 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 pulse, 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 pulse. Ugh. I was like, die. I, I, when she told us to like sit up so that we can move position, I like sat up and the whole back, like where I was laying, was like covered in sweat. It was like drenched. It's like literally dripping on the ground. Yeah. Just drip, and I start like drip, frantically drip. like moving my hand, like, 
like trying to like get the sweat off of it because I'm like so embarrassed trying to hide your shame yeah I remember like yes. in like middle school and high school sitting down like on the chairs during like in right in the be- either right in the beginning of the year when it was still really hot or at the end of the year and sitting down in my little shorts and I would leave like a little sweat mark and I'd be like <gasps> and I'd like scrub it off as quickly as I can I was like no one can see that like I'm, my butt is sweaty as or like they get my like sweaty thighs I was I was so insecure about it. I'm still insecure about it why are we so insecure about I, that like we're just about sweating yeah it's like, like natural I feel like sweating's a good thing right it is. like you're releasing so many toxins and it shows that like your body's actually you're getting something out of your workout like you're you know burning these calories in your sweat and whatever I think it's a good thing but I think because I think I wouldn't have felt subconscious about it if she hadn't told me you're not even going to break a sweat Mm -hmm. because I was like, here I am breaking (laughs) the most sweats (laughs) as per usual. Like I know myself breaking every sweat, (laughs) breaking every sweat possible. Um, After that class, I was so fucking sore and it was embarrassing because I was like, dude, that was the easiest class I could have ever taken. Like, we did a few exercises. A, a lot of the time was kind of just listening to her talk and her telling us, like, what our form is supposed to look like and stuff like that. And then my friend Sophia was like, oh, my God, like, you're going to come to this other class with me on Thursday. So that was last night. And she was like, it's the hardest class. <laughs> but, like, don't worry. You'll be okay because you go to spin and, like, you know, you're... you're um, you're in shape or more in shape than I was. You're ripped. And I was like, mm, I don't know. Cause orientation <laughs> kicked my ass, you know, like I, I know myself here. Like, I don't know if I'm ready for this. And we learned that lesson. No, but apparently I did not Cause I still went to the class <laughs> last night and <laughs> the girl was like, the instructor was, she was really sweet. She was like, I, I honestly don't care like what you're doing as long as you try. Um, but there were so many things that I could not do. It was so freaking hard. It was so painful, like excruciatingly painful. Every Everything was just so difficult. And she was like, it's okay. Like not everyone gets it at the, on their first try. And then like finally, like, and she kept like directly speaking to me, like in the middle of class. Mind you, it's only like eight people in the class because there's only a few reformers. But she kept, like, directing, like, her, whatever she was saying towards me. And I was, like, so embarrassed. Because I was, like, I suck. Like, and everybody knows it. But I was, like, I'm just, like, proud of myself for being here. Um, but she's, like, nice modification, Alondra. Sit on the floor. Literally. Take a break. Literally. That's good. You're, like, shut up, like, uh, Shut up. I can't. No, but um, what did she say? And then at one point she was, like, did your friend not warn you? um that about this class and I was like not enough like obviously she told me it was the <laughs> hardest class but like Jesus Christ my limbs are gonna fall off <laughs> and today that's exactly how I felt I like could barely walk every time I would like sit up stand up walk like take a step anything I would do I'd be like oh and like everybody at work was like are you okay and I was like absolutely not I'm dying <laughs> um however my crazy ass signed up for a shit ton more classes and I loved I love to be beaten down you do. What do you like about exercising so much? Because you're really like in your fitness era right now. I think that, well, I think I got into like working out in general when like shit was really hitting the fan, um, just like with my family and like my mental health. And like I was feeling unhappy in certain parts of my life. And just also I wasn't feeling very self like confident in my body and my I wasn't feeling healthy overall, like my 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 physical health I, I felt like there was a lot to be improved on and I felt like it just brought me so many solutions to so many issues that I was like facing like I was feeling really unmotivated and having like classes that I had to show up for if not they were going to charge me $20 like motivate mm-hmm. motivated the fuck out of me because I'm a tourist and I don't want to lose money um, <laughs> and then also um just like feeling myself becoming stronger and being more able to do things like getting better at, and like having better form being able to do the exercises things like that and then um also just having that like mental escape where I can like 
you know, for 45, 50 minutes of like the class that I'm taking, I can turn my brain off. I can tune in to the music and the, the like following the steps. And I don't have to think about if I'm having like a stressful day, if I'm upset at like a friend or a guy or like anything that's going on in my life, I can just shut it out. And it's like, it's not like, oh, I'm shutting it out by like doing something that's like bad for me. Like you're just taking you know, a break. Yeah, I'm just, like, like, taking a break and doing something that, like, is good for me and, like, nourishing my body and, like, making me healthier. And that's I think that's why I like it so much. But I kind of like the pain. Like, (laughs) it's weird. But I like it because I feel like something's happening. Like, I feel like something's happening to my body. Like, when I don't feel sore, I'm like, nothing happened. I didn't get shit out of that, Mm -hmm. Um, (laughs) even though I did. But um, I think that's why, like, with Pilates, I'm like, holy shit, that was cool. Like, I felt so much. Like, I want to do it again just Mm -hmm. because it's, like, motivating to, like, to do it and and feel that and then be like, I'm only going to get stronger and stronger the more I do it. Yeah, I feel like I'm still in my yoga era. Also, I started doing yoga when... Period. The going got very tough during the pandemic. I mean, I kind of been doing yoga on and off <laughs> since middle school. Yeah. Uh, but during the pandemic, it w- I was doing yoga sometimes three or four times a day because every waking moment during the pandemic was not every single waking moment, but a lot of the times I would wake up at 10 a.m. and I was like, oh, my God, this is just too much day left. I don't have enough to do to, like, keep myself busy, and I was so depressed. And so I would do, like, morning yoga, and that made me feel Mm -hmm. better. And then I'd, like, have breakfast, and then I'd start to get sad again. I'm like, all right, let's do another session. And then at one point, I remember I was, like, setting up my little mat in my room, and I remember having a thought, like, this is so, like, embarrassing. Do we really have to do four or yoga four times a day just to be mentally okay? And I think for the first time, I fought back to that voice. I was like, you know what? yeah we do right now this is a hard time but this is a healthy coping mechanism like I feel like I was making myself feel bad about it but there's something about like being in your body and just paying attention to what's going on and really being there I think when I was younger and I would exercise I always thought that you want to try to not be uh aware of the pain and try to distract yourself like I remember I'd go on runs and I would pick something to think about so I would be distracted by that the whole time instead of paying attention to like how much my lungs hurt but now with yoga I I feel like I I I see what you mean of like liking the pain but it's like when I'm doing it physically I'm like I feel like I'm paying attention and before I used to think like oh it's getting hard like I'm feeling weak this is bad but now I don't kind of like label it as bad I'm just kind of like oh let's see how far my strength can go and I think I realized I I used to think I was just not a strong person and that was naturally my vibe. And so that was the only way to be. But now I'm kind of changing the way I see myself and my body and the way I interact with it. Now I'm just like, no, maybe maybe the, the pain is a good thing. Maybe it's not something to be scared of or it shows our weakness. Maybe it shows our strength. Like maybe it's, I don't know. I feel like I'm running away from the pain less and trying to just pay attention to it more. And I think yeah, that's totally. completely changed the way I interact with exercise. Yeah, I feel like it it shows that you're pushing yourself and you're like um, getting to new places and new limits and your body's doing things that it wasn't able to do before or like whatever, like things, it's doing things that it's not used to. It's doing newer things and like feeling, like feeling, like when you feel it in muscles that like you necessarily don't feel it in before, you're like, holy shit, that's so cool. My body did that, Mm -hmm. you know, (laughs) which I feel, Um, but Oh, sorry. Sorry, I was just going to say, I feel like that's kind of a metaphor for life and everything. And just when you feel that that kind of pain and, I don't know, that, those growing pains, you know you're going somewhere. And I feel like I really yeah. see that with exercise and just like anything where you have to like try this podcast, you know, us doing this out of nowhere, just starting just to decide to do a podcast, I mean, mm-hmm. I've, I've been feeling so many, I don't know about you, but I've been experiencing so many growing pains about like putting mm-hmm. the podcast out into the world, fearing what people are going to think about me. And just, I feel like I just kind of got through that just because we're now like five episodes in. I feel mm-hmm. like I'm, it's a little more normal to me now. So I'm, I got through it and I look back to where I was last month. I'm like, whoa, I'm a lot more calmer about it. And I feel a lot more confident, but I I was experiencing Mm -hmm. immense growing pains in a short amount of time. And every day I was so uncertain. I didn't know 
how I felt about anything. But now, even just within a month, I'm like, wow, because I did all of that, I'm stronger today and I'm not as scared anymore. So I feel like, you know, totally, it works with everything. I agree. Wait, but you've also been like into dancing, right? Like lately, right? Oh, I've been putting on my boogie shoes here and there. (laughs) Because you know this, but back when I don't think I talked about this on the pod yet, but back when I was in high school and before I was a huge musical theater kid slash I loved to dance. I, I loved ballet. That's what I specifically would take classes for. And I don't know, I feel like I'm really, I'm trying to get back into my dancer era because I'm trying to, again, find more ways to just exercise, but where it's not, okay, time to go work out and more just, oh, I'm dancing and it's fun and less pressure about the actual, you have to go work out and it has to be painful kind of vibe. So I am learning the I think it's called the hot honey rag it's either honey rag or hot honey rag from Chicago with my friend Sarah who you guys will meet eventually she will be on the pod it's not Sarah the other one not Sarah Neal it's Sarah Best we have a lot of Sarahs in our lives too many no just kidding you guys can stay ah anyway we can never have enough (laughs) never enough (laughs) give me 10 more but (laughs) she will be the either the Velma to my Roxy or the Roxy to my Velma we haven't decided who's who but we're That's learning so the last dance of Chicago, which is, it's like a very 1920s kind of ragtime, ragtime, I think is the beginning of the 19th or, oh my God, the 20th century. But anyway, it's very like fun, jazzy, kind of like, woo! <laughs> so I've been practicing and it's funny because the, the first like five seconds, it's just them turning really, really slowly. So it's like, you can like life you're living and it's just so uncomfortable every time we do it but we're like we have to learn this dance and it's been really fun because I feel like I'm very much getting in touch with my little musical theater inner child Mm -hmm. how I don't know the art I used to make when I was little when I was like choreographing my little dances and just dancing and moving my body in that way I think kind of gets me more in touch with that side of myself and I just really love it and it makes me happy and Sarah and I think it's fun so yeah we're we're both in our fitness era. We're I think that's so cute. I think that's so cute and wholesome. <laughs> we're having a hot workout summer. Hot girl summer. Hot, well, and a hot girl summer, but that's every summer. Hot podcast I think that's why summer. I sweat so much because I'm like the hottest girl, you know. I think that's the only <laughs> answer. It's because no, it's because you you radiate such light. <laughs> Oh, true, that too. And you're sexy <laughs> as fuck, but it's mainly the radiating the light. <laughs> so what are we talking about, Miss Alondra, today? Oh, goodness. So we're talking about the difficulties of being a mid-20-year-old. <laughs> Quarter life, what up? <laughs> so age reveal, I'm 24 and Alondra is 25. I'm 25. I'm fucking ancient. I'm a fossil. She's, Jeez, my bones yeah. are creaking. We already <laughs> picked out her cremation vase, so you guys don't have to worry about that. I put Becca in my will. <laughs> Hell yeah, that's right. <laughs> I hope your family's listening to this. You're getting my dad. You'll be like, what? Oh, <laughs> never mind. I'm good. Just kidding. <laughs> yes, we're talking about quarter life crises that we are currently having and just want to talk about. Yeah. You know, exactly what it looks like to be a 24 and 25-year-old in this current climate, in this culture, at this day and age, mm-hmm. and just kind of the issues we're facing, because yeah. I think some of you guys might be facing the same things and might have the same anxieties, and so it's just kind of mm-hmm. fun for us to let it all out, realize that we're all facing the same problems together, and... We're all in this together. Together. Yeah. <laughs> Don't you forget. <laughs> We'll always make a High School Musical reference on this podcast. Always. Trust. (laughs) Trust. So, Alondra, what has been difficult for you so far in your mid-20s? So I think something that troubles me, and I know troubles you, um, is just... I'm a troublemaker. (laughs) No, this is making trouble for us. (laughs) Oh, yeah. Sorry. (laughs) Um, anyway, um, I think something yeah. that, you know, has troubled us since becoming young adults or whatever. Are, are we still considered young adults? Uh, I, we're certainly not old adults, I feel. <laughs> yeah, of course we're young adults. Okay. I think 
Yeah, yeah, we're young adults. Or technically adults, just adults. We're adults, no. we're just younger. <laughs> so We're on the younger like, spectrum of the adulthood. We're like adults, <laughs> only smaller. <laughs> yeah. Um, so I think something that's troubling um, is just that transition from college to be, being like a full adult. And I'm, I don't know what that even means. Like I just said, what, what are we, young adults, real adults, regu- old adults? I don't know. But the transition from being a student and having that be our entire personality mm-hmm. and going like straight into, okay, now you have to have everything figured out you're graduated, you have to have your career, you have to have be making a certain amount of money, you have to be able to provide for yourself and have like this stable You income. have to actually pay your student loans back? Yeah. <laughs> Thank God I don't have any. Can't say the same for myself. <laughs> I know. I got lucky. Yeah, I feel like I have been kind of trying to almost extend subconsciously my lack of responsibility and my free spirit, my free time as a, uh, in my early twenties by, you know, going to France and being an au pair for a year and just kind of trying, you know, playing around here and there. But I feel like something has shifted. Like, I don't know what's going on, but I just feel like me and a lot of my friends have all of a sudden kind of switched into more adult thinking about their life and trying to plan more for the future. I know for me, I never thought about buying a house or property or anything like that. But all of a sudden I have friends who are talking about like buying condos and that's kind of shocking to me because I just felt like I wasn't at that place, but I guess here I am, I've arrived. And then I'm kind of like, oh shit, I guess I do want to buy a house one day, but right now I'm pretty broke. So I don't know how, I think it's like you're just exited you know, college, maybe you've been working for a year or two by the time you're 24, 25. And you're still, you're, you're in adulthood. You're kind of living this more adult life, but you don't have the resources as someone maybe in their thirties or forties. So I think that's a really uncertain, almost unsettling Mm -hmm. time because you Mm -hmm. just don't have a lot of permanency at least this is for me Mm -hmm. I I move around the world all the time I'm constantly like country hopping I feel like so maybe for me I really feel unstable and like uprooted all the time but I think it's kind of a pretty normal feeling in your 20s of just not knowing where you're going being so uncertain of what you want to do who you are how you want to spend your time who you even want to spend your time with I think for me that's been a big one too of just Learning how to navigate my friendships in my mid-20s, I think it is different than even in my early 20s. Because I think in my early 20s, I was still just kind of trying to be friends with anyone and just trying to make new friends and get myself out there and be in the world. And now I'm almost like getting myself not or taking myself back in because it's not that I am like trying not to have friends nowadays, but I think it's I need to learn how to... I don't know, kind of con- not conserve my energy, but yeah. And I, I think I'm learning also because I've always had um, a lot of friends like in multiple <laughs> different friend groups in different directions. Like it's hard to be a really good friend to a lot of people. So I think I'm learning that lesson now of I would much rather be a really good friend to a, a few people than just trying to constantly overextend myself and be everyone to everything and always did I say be everyone to everything, (laughs) be everything, be everything to everyone. And I don't know. I think that's part of maturing and just growing up and realizing that (laughs) I was going to say, I don't have a lot of time left. I'm 24. Like, I don't know why I always think I'm so old, but I think about death a lot, you know, in a good way, in a way where I don't know how much time I have left. No one does, right? So if I have a finite amount of time, I'm really trying to consider who I want to spend it with. And that is just, I've never thought this way before until I feel like the last year. I think that's kind of a growing up maturity mid-20s moment. No, totally. I feel like I definitely agree with that. Um, It's so funny because when you were saying earlier about buying a home and all that stuff, to literally just today, I had a conversation with a coworker of mine, and 
she's maybe a few years older than me, but still in her 20s. And she was talking about like a loan for a home or something like that and how, you know, like the loans are 20 to 30 years and if we get it now, we'll pay it off by the time we retire and things like that. And I was like, what the hell? Like, what are you talking I'm like, about? what are you talking about? Do I have to start saving for retirement? Like, what is going on? Like, this is what I mean. Like, I don't know when this became my priority now, but now I'm thinking like way more long term. I think, you know, for the past couple of years, at least, I've kind of only been planning six months ahead for my life. And I've been enjoying that because it's been teaching me to just kind of like live in the moment more and not have like a five-year plan and have all these expectations for myself. And I liked it, but now I think I'm thinking more of like really long term, you know, trying to Mm -hmm. like save money now (laughs) so that I could buy a house. I mean, obviously it's not going to be anytime soon, but I just feel like I have to start thinking about it now so that when I'm older, I'm setting, I'm all set up for success. And I feel like that's kind of like my job, but I'm just 24. I'm just, I'm just a little girly. So it's kind of stressful because it feels like a big job, but I also know that it's just part of life and that's how it works. And you, if there's a lot of dumb hoes out here and if they have figured this shit out, then I feel like I can figure this out. That that always makes me feel better. No offense to the dumb hoes. Totally. No offense, dumb hoes. We love you. We love all You're some of our favorite hoes. (laughs) Yeah, exactly. No, but I, I feel you. Like, it's definitely been scary not knowing... Part Okay, part of me always thinks, like, life is too short. I want to do... I don't know if I'm going to die tomorrow or not. I want to spend my time and my money and the things that I... The resources that I have now on doing things that I love, on traveling, on seeing the world, on having amazing experiences with my friends, on going to that concert that I've been dying to go to, on going to that place or trying that food or whatever. But then I'm also like, wait, (laughs) what if I don't die tomorrow? Mm -hmm. And what if, you know in 20, 30, 40 years from now, whatever, whenever I retire, I have nothing. Mm -hmm. And then, because there are, I mean, I've I've had coworkers that said, like, you know, their 80-year-old parents still have to work because they didn't plan accordingly and Medicare or whatever, like, the state doesn't give them enough to... Social Security. Social Security doesn't give them enough to afford their groceries, And now Mm -hmm. they're 80 years old in all this pain and they're having to work because, you know, they can't pay their phone bill. They can't pay whatever. And I'm just like, Jesus Christ, that's so fucking sad. But I have to start thinking about that right now. Like, I'm only 25. Mm -hmm. I'm a child. I just came out of the womb yesterday. Like, (laughs) I don't think that I'm like, (laughs) I don't think that I'm prepared to like figure this out. And I think it's really difficult when... You're constantly getting, I guess, bombarded by different people with a different opinion. You know, there's constantly people that, like our parents, our uncles, our aunts, our grandparents, our, our our peers. Like for me, my coworkers that are all around like different ages, but all older, older than me. They just everybody in my life has an opinion on when I was your age, I wish I would have done this. And when I was your age, you know. I would have started doing this and blah, 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 whatever. And it kind of feels like, okay, um, you know, I don't know if I, I don't know whose advice I should be taking. The world is so different from when it was like when they were 25 years old. So I don't know if that's all going to apply to me now. And on top of that, it just kind of feels like, it's like it's like overwhelming it's overwhelming like having all of these different opinions and all of these all of this different advice and feeling like I don't know what the right thing is going to be and you're taking away from like me learning from my mistakes almost like I don't I don't see your point until like I'm in it I guess and because I'm not in it like it doesn't matter but I feel like I have to stop thinking that way maybe because obviously they're speaking from the knowledge that they have. But it feels hard when I mentally don't feel like I'm in that place. I mentally don't feel like, oh, yeah, um, you know, if I save this much money a month, by the time I'm 60 years old, I'll have a million dollars. 
Like, I don't feel like I'm in that headspace. I feel like I'm stuck in this, like, I might go back to school and be a student again. Or I might, you know, like, I still feel like I'm, like, this young adult, like, adolescent. Woohoo! And it's hard to put myself in that headspace. It almost feels like if I do put myself in that headspace, I'm going to, like, be giving up the life that I want to be living right now. Because now I'm going to, like, switch my focus to my old adulthood, not my young adulthood. (laughs) Yeah, I think it's a fine line to walk to try to be constantly planning for the future and setting yourself up for success, but also trying to live in the present and stay, just stay where you are mentally and know, and be happy with where you're at. I think, you know, for me especially, I think this is everyone though, I'm always looking for the next thing before I've even finished the thing that I was doing. So when I was in college, I was like, oh, I can't wait to finish so that I can go be an au pair. When I was an au pair, by the end, I was I was like two months out. Oh, I couldn't wait to come home so that I could start working as like a chef in a cafe. Start at the cafe, quit. <laughs> I was like, I don't want to do this anymore. But I, I feel like I'm all, or I've been kind of conditioned to always be looking towards the next thing and always kind of be preparing for that. But I also know it's not... It's not me. It's everyone else because especially me being unemployed, I've been unemployed for like the past five months and I feel like it makes other people so uncomfortable, honestly, because they immediately are like, well, what's your next plan? Like, what are you, what are you doing? And I'm like, well, I don't know. I'm just trying to relax right now. I'm trying to have a nice summer. You know, I'm just trying to be more creative, try new things, grow my skills before I, I'm just trying to take some time off to, I'm still doing something. I'm still being productive with my life. I'm just focusing on other skills and kind of taking this time to invest in myself so I can learn more about myself and figure out what I want to do. But I feel like it stresses people out. I think they hear like, you're not working and you're out of college. Well, what are you doing? It's like, you should be absolutely slaving away like the rest of us. And I don't know. And Mm-hmm. But I feel like what's so hypocritical about that is like, oh, as long as you have a job, like you're fine. But sometimes at, you know, the jobs you're at, you're not moving forward in your life. You're not new or learning new things. You're just kind of complacent. Yet someone who's like taking time to just, I don't know, work on themselves. I think it's, it's also because it's expected at this age. Like you're supposed to be, you're supposed to be out in the world. You're supposed to be working. You're supposed to be kind of becoming your own person. And I am, I just feel like I'm kind of doing that outside of work right now. Mm-hmm. Also, I think the expectations of just like living with your parents, I, I think it's weird because we grew up with our parents values and expectations that they gave to us when we were young. Yet for mm-hmm. a lot of people, <laughs> for everyone, this is a completely different world, a different society and a different set of circumstances that we're living through. So I feel like most of my friends look with their their parents we're all like in our mid-20s and it's very normal it's almost like oh you don't live with your parents whoa you live by yourself it's kind of more I don't know unique to be on your own now and so I think Mm -hmm. those standards too I think a lot of people our age are I don't know I don't feel that bad about it because I feel like I've been gone for five years so coming home has just been really nice and I love spending time with my mom but I've heard a lot Mm -hmm. of people my age who are living at home being kind of like I know I'm gonna figure it out like it's just so expensive haha and I'm like California is really expensive and like I would be shocked girl no they're like (laughs) I know I want to buy a house soon but I'm like girl like literally I don't know why would you do that you can live with them for free (laughs) exactly I'm like save your money no literally And I don't know, just having those expectations for ourselves and our career success of like, oh, you're supposed to graduate college and then you're just supposed to start your career. And oh, it's going to be exactly what you studied in college. That's a whole Mm -hmm. thing of Mm -hmm. (laughs) graduating from a university with a degree that maybe you realize, oops, I don't want to work in that field anymore. (laughs) That might have happened to people I know. That's what's insane to me is like that... the young age of like 18 or 19 or 20, whenever people decide that, you know, this is going to be their major, that's when we're supposed to decide the rest of our lives. Mm-hmm. That's when literally they tell us like, okay, you're 18 now, you're an adult, decide the rest of your life, put your whole pussy into going to school for that for four or five years, whatever. Or if you go to med school or law school, even longer than that. And then that's it. 
you're stuck there. That's so crazy to me. Like, how can you expect someone that's like their brain isn't even fully developed to make this enti- this life decision? Um, because the I feel like, although like I do feel passionate about what I studied, political science, and that is something that eventually like maybe I would want to get back into. I don't know if I made the the greatest decision, like, you know, majoring in that because I don't want to be in, I don't want to work in politics and I don't think I want to go to law school, which is why in, I initially um, majored in that. I was like, maybe I'll go to law school. So now I'm like, well, fuck. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know what I'm going to do now. You know, I have to pay tens of thousands, like, you know, thousands of dollars or more going back to school and that just feels like a waste of time almost because I'm running out. <laughs> like I'm running out of time, according to everybody. Do you, do you feel like you're running out of time? It kind of does or feel like Or other people it. make you... Well, maybe maybe I feel like I'm running out of time because other people are making me feel that way, you know, because mm-hmm. like I said, it's kind of like, it's always like a question of like, well, what are you going to do now? Or, well, you don't want to get stuck like with what where you're at especially if you're not happy and things like that and the longer you stay in the situation the longer the the more probable it is that you're going to be stuck in this like in my current job or whatever but Mm -hmm. I don't feel that way I don't feel like oh if I'm doing this right now this is what I'm going to do forever I feel like life and like opportunities come from everywhere like I I think I had a, a conversation with my dad at one point where I was like if I'm like 35, 40 years old and I decide I want to go to law school at that time, then I'm going to go to law school. Or if I decide at 45 that I want to get a real estate license and fucking sell houses, then I'm going to do that. I don't feel like there's mm-hmm. like this like like finite barrier or like timeline. However, like I'm constantly feeling that pressure from people and then subconsciously I'm like they're right. You know, what are you doing? you're just kind of wasting time. Like you're just sitting here wasting time. But when I was unemployed, like after I quit the law firm and I went to go visit you in Paris and then I took like an entire year off, I've never been like happier. I was living off of my savings. I was living like the good life, but people were constantly during that time. Like you said, they were so uncomfortable. Mm -hmm. When are you going to get a job? When are you going to figure it out? all of this stuff. And I was like, I'm literally chilling. Like, why is this like, why is this like pissing you off? Or why is it affecting you? How is this affecting you? Like, let me chill. Let me figure out what I need to do. And I, and I explained that to people so many times, like, oh, I'm taking a break because I want the next job that I do want to do. I want to make sure that it's something that I really want to do, or I want to make sure this, and people were constantly being like, oh, um, this business is hiring or, oh, you should reach out to this person because they're going to um, give you a job in this or, oh, aren't you interested in this kind of thing? Like, I know this person that could probably get you a job in that. And I'm like, when did I solicit a job from you? Mm-hmm. Like, why is it like your job to like figure it out for me? But it makes other people uncomfortable because that's well, like, what society wants from us. Yeah. And also that I've, obviously been experiencing a lot of that of people just random people giving me career advice and I'm just like why do you think you are qualified to do that especially I'm such a particular person you know people people who don't know me at all don't know my background saying like oh you should go to medical school because that'll always ensure you I'm like what the fuck are you talking about or people being like oh you need to work on having a skill I'm like I speak four languages <laughs> I feel like I'm gonna be okay like if I want to find a job I have a you know I have a degree and I speak four languages I'm personally not that worried about it I know I will find a job when it is right for me and I want to and I'm motivated to do so I'm not I makes me feel like I'm just like hanging out but it's just what I'm doing with my time that I'm unemployed I feel like I'm still using it wisely and I'm you know starting new things like doing the podcast Sarah and Sarah and I are learning the dance but we're also working on a script you know I'm gardening I'm like working on all these different creative projects that I have the time to just wake up and do them and I think 
we didn't, I didn't really start, you've always said, oh, we should do a podcast, haha, and I was like, yeah, I'm too scared to put myself into the world, so no. But it was only like two months after being unemployed that it finally hit me, and I was like, we should do the podcast. But I think I needed those two months to just kind of fully relax and try new things before I was able to kind of think in a different direction. Because if you look at my career mm-hmm. trajectory, I mean, it was like political science, working at Disneyland, political science, you know, au pair, then chef at a restaurant, and now podcast host? I don't know. It's kind of, I'm, it's, it's a little crazy, and I'm always taking new little pivots, but I think that's what keeps it exciting. <laughs> that's what keeps mm-hmm. it fresh. And so mm-hmm. I don't know, but yeah, people are really uncomfortable with that. And I don't know. It, it, it's like, you have to live with your discomfort. Stop trying to put your discomfort onto me because then I feel really uncomfortable when people are always like, well, what's the next thing? You can't, you just can't be unemployed forever. Haha. I'm like, yeah, I know. I've seen my bank account. I'm very aware of that situation, but also it's okay to take a break. I think it's just so yeah. kind of unheard of in our, in our culture that it's just, you never stop working. And, the grind and, don't stop. And if you do stop working, <laughs> that's a problem and there's something going on. Not like, oh, you could just take some time off to kind of like heal, invest in yourself, figure out what makes you happy, take care of a family member. I don't know, any any of those things. And I was actually listening to this podcast called Pulling the Thread and um, the host had this guy, Bruce Failer, on and he wrote a book called The Myth of Linear, I think it was a book called um, The Myth of Linear Life. And basically he, what he was saying, which I found super helpful and super interesting, was that the idea of having kind of like a linear career where you graduate, you get a job in that field and you just kind of keep moving up the ladder. That's like one perspective. And of course, it's like, the white man perspective. He said Mm -hmm. like out of like 90% of the books that have been written on like being successful and like your career and stuff like that. And those kind of career books are written by like white men and if not, then like white women and very few minorities. And so it, it does, it really does not encapsulate most people's career journeys. And in reality, about every two and a half years, you kind of have what I think he called it a work quake. So when your life is kind of shooken up and you have to pivot and either change your career or change whatever you're doing. So maybe it's that you get pregnant and you have a baby and you need to take time off work to take care of the baby or your mom got sick, you have to take care of her or you simply are like unhappy and you're like, I need to take some time off to figure out what I want to do. But those are it, like commonly every two and a half years that's supposed to happen. And I wish someone had told me that because I've gone through already so many where I've like pivoted, you know, in high school thinking I was going to be an actress on Broadway and then to politicians, you know, like, and I always felt so bad about kind of always changing my mind, but it's like, that's literally normal. That's how this works. You know, that's actually, that's funny. I've never heard of that, but I feel like that's almost exactly the amount of time I've spent at most of my jobs like two and a half years before I'm like oh like I fucking hate it here I'm so unhappy I need to change and it's always like actually no there was one job where I literally lasted like three months but that was like living hell um but most of my like long-term or I call them long-term probably a lot of people wouldn't but are about two to two and a half years and that's kind of when I'm like really at my breaking point and I'm like losing my mind and I'm like, I can't do this like tedious little repetitive job that I've been doing um, for for much longer. And then I end up quitting and finding something more fun. So and every time I have made that decision to kind of leave a job after the two and a half years and pivot, I found something that I'm definitely more interested in. I'm more happy about. But I think that's another thing that a lot of jobs do is they kind of put you in this role and it's so hard to switch things around or move or or kind of like go up the ladder I feel like things are so like boxed off and and when you're hired to play this role like that's all it is and that's why you get so at least for me that's why I get so restless And that's why I feel so like trapped and I feel so like, okay, now it's the next thing and the next thing. Um, But I, but then I'm like, is that what it's going to be like for the rest of my life? Because like I said, I had that conversation with my dad where I was like, maybe I'm going to do this. Maybe I'm going to do this when I'm this age and this age and this age. And 
is that like a is that like a sustainable <laughs> is that a sustainable way to live mm-hmm. I don't know I think for me because I know I'm just always going to be pivoting and trying new things because that's just what I've been doing my entire life so why not continue that pattern it makes me happy because I love to try new things and yeah. I don't think there's anything wrong with that I think i I think that would be better for a lot of people because I think the moment you stop learning is when you you stop growing. So I always want to be learning and doing something new, learning new information, trying out new skills. And I think it's you can do that through work. I think you we just need to kind of figure out what we offer to the world, what our skills are, and then kind of play up those up so that we can I don't know. I just maybe it's because my dad is an entrepreneur and now my mom she's a massage therapist and she has her own business I feel like based off of my, my childhood with those two people as my parents and just my experiences now as an adult and always being underpaid at every single job I've ever worked at I feel like being my own boss is kind of the only answer for someone like me because mm-hmm. I know I'm always going to want to be pivoting and I wonder if it's an ADHD thing too to constantly like wanting to be changing your environment or your job because I did hear that on a podcast um this French podcast this girl was talking about how her ADHD manifests into her everyday adulthood life by the fact that she's always moving to different countries and like always wanting to change her environment and always wanting mm-hmm. to just be doing new things so mm-hmm. I think that's just kind of how that's what our brains crave. Some people crave routine and structure and, you know, doing the same things every day. And I could not be more allergic to that. And so I think, I don't know, I think we just need to kind of, this is what I mean. Like we're, we're just like 24 year old babies and we're trying to figure out like our whole futures and trying to plan long-term. Like we're trying to figure out how to build careers that will coincide well with our lifestyle and really fit in with that and I think that's also something really interesting that Gen Z and well and millennials too are asking is is it possible for me to instead of just feel like I have to sign up to this work system where I'm somewhere for 40 hours a week I'm maybe not happy there I'm exhausted and I don't have that much time for myself is it possible to do something else can I still work and make a decent living but live the life I want to and not have work be the center of my life? And I think that's a really interesting question. I, I personally think it's possible. I feel like it's just not what we've done so far. But I think, I don't know. I think we're in a new era where young people are really trying to negotiate um, with how many days they're willing to go into work, with, if they're willing to step inside an office, you know, things like that. <laughs> And, Mm -hmm. and I think like even the hours that people are working are less, like a lot more people are talking about the four day work week. And I just Mm -hmm. think it's for me, I'm excited to be around (laughs) during this time because I feel like Mm -hmm. a lot of people in our generation are kind of like, listen, I, I hear like, you know, the Gen Xers telling us, oh, you have to like have a job, a good paying job and have stability and all these things. But you guys, I see you guys are not happy. (laughs) I know you guys are sad. And also, why would I do the same thing that you did that I'm not sure made all of you happy? And we're going to maybe die anyway because of climate change. I think like the existential threat of climate change always like hanging over our heads does Mm -hmm. force us to think, well, what do I actually want to do? And what's going to make me happy? Because I might only have another 10 years or so, you know, we don't know. So I kind of like that because it makes us like, well, fuck that. We're not going to deal with your stupid bullshit just because it's like tradition. Like I'm only coming in two days a week. (laughs) Like, you know, I don't know. I just, I just feel like there's more negotiation between workers and um, employers right now. Also because like, Mm -hmm the worker shortage or whatever there's like not a lot a lot of people who aren't working instead like yeah. me <laughs> for the first time I think in that uh podcast episode that I was listening to he said like a million people a week are quitting their jobs now which is like insane. Jesus and I'm like that was me I was one of those hoes quitting their jobs with no plan <laughs> mm-hmm. but to me that that's amazing because I feel like oh my god does that mean people are just quitting and going back to school or like my mom she you know she lost her job during the pandemic and then she said okay I want to try something new I don't want to do the same like boring government job situation that I've that's made me miserable just because it's more secure 
I'm going to become a massage therapist because it's fun. And at 50, I think she was 52 or 53 at the time, she started a completely new career and she's loving it. And she's making more money now than she was before. So it's like you can pivot at any time. Yeah, she's my queen. She is an absolute legend. And I just I feel like she's amazing because she's a reminder that you're never really stuck. You just think you are. You like you make Mm -hmm. yourself stuck, but you can Mm -hmm. always just change. You can always quit your job. Quit your job. <laughs> That's like the official stance of this podcast. This yeah, quit your freaking name. job. Quit your job. For me, I feel like what you were saying about just kind of like being my own boss, I definitely feel like that's something that I totally gravitate towards because whenever I think about like, oh, what's my next career? What am I going to do after this job that I'm currently having? Because I almost I enter almost every job that I've had with that feeling of, okay, so I know I'm not going to be here forever. (laughs) Um, What am I going to do after this? Mm -hmm. Um, But I am always thinking about that. And that's something that I've realized as well is that if I'm going to be happy, it's not going to be working for somebody else. It's going to be working for myself and kind of choosing the life that I want to live, how many hours I want to work and how hard I want to work. There are those people that like the grind doesn't ever stop. Like it doesn't matter the amount of money that you make. Um, It's always going to be nonstop, nonstop, nonstop until you make more and more and more. And every year you like double, quadruple, whatever your money. And I feel like that's definitely not me. Mm -hmm. (laughs) I feel like I'm going to make a comfortable living and I'm going to be like, that's chill. I don't have to work. I don't have to work for the rest of the week. Mm -hmm. Um, But I'm constantly like whenever I'm on, on Instagram or TikTok or whatever on the, on the internet and I'm seeing people that are like starting their own businesses or I'm making these little whatever and I'm selling it online and I'm making this much money or I opened up these lemonade stands and I'm making this much <laughs> money and I'm and I'm like, okay, if those bitches can do it, I can do it too. And I can mm-hmm. do it really well. Um, yeah. So it may, like you said, like Jen, um, are we Gen Z? Yeah, we're Gen Z. <laughs> okay, yeah. Um, but yeah, no, I feel like other Gen Zers are like on the same boat as us. And it's inspiring, like seeing people our age doing stuff like that even now. And it makes me feel like not as afraid. Mm-hmm. I know like even even though other like the older generations are like, what the hell? You can't do that. You can't just like quit your job and like start your own little business. But like, why not? both of my parents because you're too scared to do that yeah Yeah. my dad did it when he was in his 40s and my mom in her 50s so it makes me and if anything I actually think now is the perfect time to do it because we're so untethered it's like we don't have a family to take care of it's not like we need a job so that we can feed our children or Mm -hmm. you know anyone else in our family we're lucky in the in the sense that we're not providing for other people right now so this is the time to be selfish and think okay what do I want to do what's like a new project that I want to start out because I mean I don't want to waste my time as (laughs) you know my I just think I've been really focusing lately about the negative. uh, I've been focusing on the negative sides of being in your mid-20s, of just feeling so confused, lost. You don't really know where you're going or where you want to go even. And I think I've been like, I've been too deep into that side. And I was talking about it with my friends. And one of them said, you know, that we don't have that much responsibility right now. We feel so free. We can just do whatever we want. And I was like, that's such a good point. Like, it's not going to be forever that I have this much freedom to just live mm-hmm. my life. Yeah. So I feel like any other young people out there, if you guys have dreams or things that you want to work on, or just little projects that maybe you're not so sure about it, this is, I don't want to say it's now or never because it's not that at all. It is, <laughs> you've got to, again, both of my parents Your parents were, are proof. Yeah. Yeah. You can be old and <laughs> start a business. But I just think like now is really the best time for at least me to be doing this, and I think you as well, because we just, I don't know, we have so much freedom, and I just want to be able to appreciate that. That's also why I'm like, I'm happy that I'm unemployed right now. I have, I have so much physical ability right now in my 20s. I'm not going to, when I'm retired, and I have all the time in the world, mm-hmm. I'm not going to be able to do all the crazy things I'm doing now. You know, I'm trying mm-hmm. to really enjoy my youth, but also thinking long term and setting myself up for success, so I'm not like, 
living with my mom forever or just like out on the street. <laughs> so <laughs> I don't know. That's kind of how I feel about my 20s. I, it's, it's a complicated time, I would say. Mm-hmm. And I feel like our generation, especially with climate change in the background of our minds, it's really just like fuck it let's let's vibe like let's just hang out and have a good time and i don't know but also i guess we have to think about the future i feel like it yeah it's funny because working i guess in like the medical industry i guess is that is that where i work yeah <laughs> i don't know but yeah you do but alondra works at a dermatologist's office i for do those who are wondering i'm a medical assistant <laughs> she, she um, slays i'd be slaying it up Anyway, um, but working in that like kind of field and seeing people of all ages, um, you know, I see people that are like in their 90s, which is so crazy. And then I see people that are like just like kids and stuff like that. But it does. I'm constantly having that contradicting idea of life is so short because people can get sick. Like there are people that are diagnosed with cancers every day and I feel like that kind of stuff is so prevalent right now because of like all the chemicals and the food and like all of the just different things that are like affecting our bodies that weren't like a thing in the past. But on top of that, people are also living longer than ever. Um, Like, you know, in their 90s and people are living to be 100. So I'm always like, am I going to die young or am I going to die old? And like, what should I prepare for? what should I prepare for like should I be like putting my whole pussy into like saving up for retirement because I might be a hundred or should I like live it the fuck up because I might get diagnosed with cancer tomorrow um or climate change you know might fuck us up (laughs) so it's like always that kind of um that contradiction or whatever and I'm seeing like all of these different things um but I do feel like it is kind of like a balancing act um I think I've the way that I've kind of coped with it and the way that I've kind of rationalized that it's all okay is that as long as I'm happy right now that's really all that matters and I feel like this has been really good the whole podcast and stuff because although I'm like working this like nine to five job that's like okay for now I feel excited about potentially getting into my own you know business and you know sharing that with you and um just kind of progressing the life that I want to have while also taking care of myself right now financially and you know having the money that I need to support the things that I want to do now and save up for whatever yeah I think like I've the 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 way that I'm kind of like managing the the my stress about it all is kind of like you know allowing myself to dream of like having these like great things but also like having a little job just <laughs> to like pay the bills yeah. and stuff like that yeah i think i feel like everything comes back to it's a balance you have to find a nice equilibrium of mm-hmm. everything so i don't know mm-hmm. i think i think we all should just try to stay present because we're only going to be in our 20s once as we know and i know that one day i'm going to be in my 40s like wishing I could be in my 20s and right now I all I think about is like I can't wait for my 30s because I'm gonna be so much more like together and I don't know I'm gonna have resources and I'll be able to do much more of what I want but I don't I probably will not have the freedom that I have right now so I think it's just yeah we're we're talking about the struggles we're talking about the crises but we got to mention the joy and we got to pay attention to the light just as much as the dark or else we're not looking at it objectively. Yeah. And I, and I'm looking forward to my thirties actually. I've heard a lot of people. I'm super looking forward. Yeah. I've heard a lot of people tell me like older people, obviously tell me that their thirties was like the best time of their life. Like when they were in their twenties, they were totally dreading being in their thirties. And that was like the last thing that they wanted to happen to them. And then that now when they look back, they're like, the 30s was the most amazing. I had money to like do the things that I wanted to do. And I was, had like a stable life and a stable whatever. And I was just living it the hell up. And I think I'm excited about it because I don't want to have kids. <laughs> so I'm like, <laughs> I'm going to have money and I'm going to be living it up. And I'm not going to have to worry about these freaking kids. <laughs> Yeah, you're going to have it made. You're Yeah, I mean, who knows if I'll have kids. I still am unsure about that because 
I feel like it's literally not my job to decide. I'm just some 24 year old infant over here. I'm like, leave that yeah, up to future me. Yeah, I just came out of the room me. yesterday. Yeah, you're fresh. I can still smell the placenta. <laughs> that's so funny but anyway well thank you guys so much for listening to us chat if you guys would like to commiserate with us a little bit about being in your mid-20s or if there's another perspective of the joy of being young in your mid-20s we would also love to hear about Mm -hmm. that yeah thanks so much for listening we love you guys so much and we can't wait to bring you more episodes make sure to follow us on instagram subscribe to our patreon um and rate us five stars yes and we love you so much thank you for tuning in au revoir adios and auf wiedersehen bye guys bye